Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by TheRinger.com, as always, Tate, uh, where TheRinger.com is churning out the content, never stops. The content machine never stops, putting out the uh, a lot of NBA playoff stuff. That, that's going on, Tate. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I've heard about um, it. NFL draft is NFL draft coming up. Uh, GM Street, you guys talking about this on GM Street? What's what's the draft? What's what's Lombardi's? What's the, what's the hill he's ready to die on with the draft? Draft defense. Draft uh, Bradley Chubb. That's what he wants. Number one pick, I believe. Draft Bradley Lombardi, Chubb. The, all, all all the quarterbacks are smokescreen. That's what we learned this week. <laughs> that's what he, is that, that's what he's going with. Yeah. Don't draft quarterback. Don't Stay draft quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, I you don't it. need one. I love it. Uh, there's there's draft stuff. There's playoff stuff on the Ringer.com. There's Westworld. I'm excited about Westworld. I watched Westworld. Do you watch Westworld, Tate? Of course. I watch Westworld, and I'm the guy who knows everything that's going on until someone asks me, and then I actually don't know what's going on. I, th- I think I, I I think I get it, and then someone's like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, uh, actually, I have no idea. Um, yeah, but we're doing all that. Westworld, I like Barry. I like that Barry show. I see we're, we got some Barry stuff going on. We got the Recapables pods going on. Subscribe to all that stuff. Subscribe to this podcast, One Shiny Podcast. We are back, Tate. We are here. What are we talking about today? So many things. Testing the waters. It is test the water season. Everyone is putting their foot uh, or putting their toe, I should say, in the waters. And we're going to see how many people should, would, and could uh, go to the NBA draft. And uh, yeah, plenty of stuff to head. And we also have to talk about Rick Pitino and Jeff Capel and uh, Coach K. Of, always. Of course. And Duke. And yeah, always. <laughs> always the staple. The usual. Keep them coming back. We'll probably... We'll probably mention Kevin Stallings in there at some point. Uh, we are we are back. We are we are getting back into form. We had a long hiatus. Tate and I did. We went on vacation. We cleared our heads, but we are back, ready to do the podcasting game. Um, and we're we're gonna get into it. We're gonna we're gonna dip our toes into the waters ourselves and see where this thing goes. But first, Woody Durham. We are officially back, Tate. It is happening. We have we took even even Mike Francesa can't believe how short our hiatus was. One shiny podcast back. First of all, how was your trip to Italy? Let's let's hash that out. Hiatus because they ain't us. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back from Italy. Uh, the trip was amazing. I got to pop around Italy. I got to use some Italian phrases. Uh, I got to see some sights. I got to see a head of a, a saint, St. Catherine of Siena, um, an actual human head. Wait, 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 what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so Sister Jean, all that talk about how amazing she is in these times. I mean, I saw St. Catherine who her actual head was in a crypt and got actually naturally mummified and is in a church in Siena, and I saw it in person. So, uh, yeah, it was a great trip to Italy. It was a great time. I got to to roam around the countryside. There's a 100%. Does Coach K know about this? No. Does he know that that is possible? Because that there's a 100% chance he's doing that. Yeah, and there he's was getting his head mummified. That was honestly one of the first things I said to myself. I was like, I, I know this is you know a practice of a saint, but there there is a devil that is waiting to do this exact same thing uh, <laughs> within the next 100 years at least. We don't know how much longer he has, but we'll see what happens. You were on a trip throughout the countryside. You were being a true great patriot, a great American. How was your trip uh, traveling mm-hmm. around the states? It was fantastic. I, I I got to see a lot of the country that a lot of people don't uh they don't they don't like to visit. Tate. Mm. I went to I went to Utah. Like spent a lot of time in Utah. I'm not saying I'm the reason the Jazz are playing well right now, but um, I spent like five or six nights in Utah. That was fun. Uh, g- great state, beautiful state. Uh, drove through Colorado. I, so I drove 
for those just tuning in, I drove from LA back to Ohio, but I made a lot of stops in national parks. And the big takeaway is this, Tate. Like, I I won't bore you with all the, uh, you know, I I went camping, I went hiking, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Cleared Mm -hmm. my head, got away from the rat race, if you will. Um, But my big takeaway is this from the trip. We, you and I talked to George King from Colorado. We we did the three on three thing, right? And, yes. Uh, uh, George King was the one guy who from the Pac-12 who wanted to play in this thing. They couldn't field a team. He was he was the one guy who wanted to do it. Uh, so they kind of threw him a bone. They said, "Why don't you come sit in the lounge with Titus and Tate and talk about whatever they want to talk about?" So we start talking to them. And if you remember, I I asked George King. What basically why has Pac-12 basketball soft? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which was the one thing he, he asked he us not to ask. He was like, "Please yeah, don't bring up yeah. anything that'll get me in trouble." And that was your first question. It was good journalism. It, it was, it was, I could not resist. It was like it, it was a it, it was a sign with of wet paint that said "Do not touch," and I I could not resist it, putting my finger. I was like, do, is, do, "Are we sure the paint is wet?" It reminded me of remember when Jim Gray had that interview with uh, like Pete Rose back in 1999 when they finally brought him back to baseball for the first time, and Jim Gray was like, "How does it feel to be a disgrace to the game?" And, and, Pete, <laughs> and Pete Rose is like, "Are you kidding me? Like, can you at least like say welcome back first before you go after me?" Well, That's what you did to George King. Yeah, I, I tried to I tried to weasel my in there my way in there with the move of doing the uh, I, I said like some people say I didn't say I said it I was just like you know George some people say the Pac-12 basketball is soft <laughs> and then he looked he gave me side eye and I was like whoa 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 I didn't say it I'm just saying what some people yeah. anyway the point is this uh, I I bring up the, the the point of Colorado and being soft because Tate I'm driving back it's it's mid April at this point I mean this was like last week um, I'm driving back. We're, we're past Denver at this point. We're east of Denver. Uh, I'm on the interstate, and all of a sudden, there are cop cars on the interstate that say, you have to exit right here. It's like, get off the interstate right now. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Did like a, did a semi turn over and explode? And I, I don't really know what's going on. But they, they're, making, they're funneling all the traffic off the interstate. So I pull up my maps. I'm like, how am I going to get home? We got to go a different way. I start looking up the back roads. So I'm taking like the state road to just kind of circumvent whatever the problem is, and then we'll get back on the interstate, right? I go like a half mile down the state road, more cops there that say, stop, you have to turn around, go back. I do this with like three more roads, and it stopped. I go to the gas station, I walk in, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why are all your roads shut? It felt like I was living in a horror movie. Honestly, like this is the start of, of or some apocalypse movie where like, it, I'm, I'm just like stuck in, this, in, in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. It sounds like Reno 911. Um, like a sequel of the, whatever the movie they did yeah. in Miami. That's what it sounds like. So I'm stuck, and I, and I go into the gas station. I say, what's going on? And they said, there is a, there's a blizzard coming. And I was like, okay, cool. Why are the roads closed? And they go, because there's a blizzard coming. And I was like, awesome. I heard you the first time. <laughs> Why are the roads closed? And they said, there's a blizzard coming. And so I look into it more, Tate. This is apparently a thing we do in the middle of the country. Uh, we're like all of Colorado, like the, the eastern part of Colorado, like all of Kansas, I look, I look it up. Uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, Kansas. They they basically like closed down their interstates because there was too much snow coming in, and they didn't want people to. And, and the point is this, Tate. In the Midwest, this is not how we handled. It. I know you're from the South, so you're just as soft as these people are. But it, it's almost like a dare. Like in the Midwest, if you know the snow is coming, it's like you start licking your lips, and you're like, "This is awesome. I'm ready to drive out in this. I'm I am going to conquer this blizzard." I don't understand what's happening. Kansas and Nebraska and Colorado are softer than I than I thought, um, and that's my big takeaway from my trip. So basically, I had to like spend the night in the middle of nowhere in Colorado 
and and wait for the next day for the cops to be like, okay, now it's safe to go. I don't I don't understand it. So too, you just so. wanted to put chains on your tires, maybe salt the roads a little bit, and just keep on moving. But they wouldn't let you do this. I hate to hear it. I, I mean, I looked it up. I looked it up more, and they said uh, there's like no exits for hundreds of miles, and the winds <laughs> get up to like 50 miles an hour. And there's like more factors that play into it than the than the usual snowstorms I'm used to in the Midwest. Uh huh. So a lot of I'm, I just pissed off a lot of people in Kansas and Nebraska and uh, Colorado, but uh, still. Are, Still, are, they, they took a hit. Are you, are you saying it's snow? That, that's my story. Snowpocalypse 2018. That, that's yeah. What I mean, that's my. That's I what don't you're know. a part of. I don't know. It, fe- it, it felt very soft to me. Uh, that's <laughs> that's my that's my story. I just wanted to share that with America. I'm not sure if you're aware that this is a thing that happens, but in the middle of April, oh, it's a, it's a little snow. We might get on the road. I don't know what to do. It's, it, get, get over yours. Just get, get get the hell out of my way. Like shut the roads down for all the, the pussies out there. Let let a tough guy. Let a badass like me. Let me go through. I got yes. places to go. You know. Let this man it. drive. That's all I had to say for the familia, um, for the family as you drive. Yes, very good. But but we are back. The podcast is back. We are excited to uh to get this thing going again. Um the 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 people were wondering when are we going to come back. The 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 Isaac Haas news, Tate. It was not enough to get us to, to, to come out of of hiding. But my God, what a story that was. The Isaac Haas news. Uh, I'm, I I'm not sure how else to... Co- I, I, wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't call it news, you know. I think it was just, uh, you know... It, There's a different phrase? It's a different, well, what do you want to euphemism... In? What is our euphemism going to be for that? Where we're like, mm. we never actually talk about it. We're just like, yeah, the Isaac, the, the Isaac Haas situation. Yeah, the, the situation. Haas- I, th- I think that works out because, you know, it leans on both sides. It's a little bit of a pun, you know, on the actual situation. You know, Jersey Shore is back. Mm-hmm. So maybe that can play a little bit of a role in this. But yeah, definitely the, the Isaac Haas situation. That wasn't enough, though, because we got Jeff Caprell trending today on yep. Twitter. He's back. He's recruiting. That's what I was going to say. He's dropping bags. That's what we really needed to get us back on this podcast. That's what I was going to say. The Isaac Haas thing, eh, it, it's, it's a big deal. Not enough. What is enough is the inaugural winner of Bad Guy of the Year on the Duffy Awards is out there dropping bags, Tate. This is exciting times. Uh, can you feel it in the air? It, it's College basketball season never stops. The bag dropping never stops. Uh, Jeff Capel, do, tell, tell the people about this guy. I, know not, I don't follow the recruiting. You know this. But uh, Jeff, I'll tell you this. So Jeff Capel and Penny Hardaway, they were very much getting me excited about recruiting again. And, <laughs> Followed and, all these stories. The arms race between those two is incredible. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be uh, a back and forth for sure. I think the best thing that I've seen so far is Jeff Capel. Uh, this is via Jason Capel, his brother. People forget that he played at North Carolina. He was a shooting guard. I saw a picture of them on a private plane traveling somewhere, you know, to try to recruit some sort of players. This guy, Trey McGowan's, is the first one they get from Hargrave. Uh, he was supposed to be in the class of 2019, and he was supposed to attend Clemson. So if you're a Clemson mm. fan, you've lost Zion Williamson to Duke, which is, you know, Capel, and now you've lost Trey McGowan's to Capel again. So this has been a really rough ride if you're a Clemson fan. He decides to reclass, which is the ultimate thing that you can do now. Uh, it is a, a classic move from Coach K that he is all about these days. So... This kid, uh, he had it down to like Minnesota, Clemson, Ole Miss, St. John's, and then he ends up at Pitt, which is, you know, that's always <laughs> that's always good uh, as far as like the, the signs of a good bag, bag drop for sure. Uh, and now we have this weird situation where Hargrave is back in the mix. You've heard of Hargrave, right? Military Academy? Yeah, uh, uh, a guy named Eric Wallace played there that came to Ohio State who was a— uh the most athletic human being I've ever seen in my life and uh, was was absolutely terrible at basketball. Yeah. For, he was my teammate. 
For people that don't know, this That's is the only thing I remember about Hargrave. This is PJ Harrison land. This is Montrez Harrell land. This is Maurice Spates land. This is the late great Larry Brown land, a man that hopefully will end up in Memphis at some mm. point. Uh, Martavis Bryant. There's been so many people from Hargrave. Uh, they sort of gone away for a little while, but not only is Jeff Cable bringing back pit basketball, but he's also bringing back Hargrave Military Academy, which is great. Um, I don't really know what to take from this, but I do know that every single pundit I've seen, every single writer and journalist is just so head over heels over the fact that Jeff Cable was bringing back the Panther basketball. So I'm excited for Jeff Cable to be back. It's good. I love that people love Jeff Cable now. That's that's the ultimate Cable. The Cable classic move is the the get a guy to decommit from a school he's already committed to, uh, to come to, to pull in there, get the, and then and then the reclass on top of it is yeah. like that's that's just a classic Cable move. Uh, who which fan base is setting themselves up for disappointment more, Memphis or Pitt? Because both fan bases are like losing their goddamn minds over. Capel and Penny, and I, I don't, I don't like raining on people's parades. That's not what I'm here to do. Um, but this happens with every first year coach, and especially guys like this that are known to kill it on the recruiting trail. Where just you're reading the head, like they're winning the off season. I think that's like a joke that that's made in like every sport. Like you're, I don't know, you know, like that you're going out there killing the off season. Um, but like Memphis fans are convinced that like like Memphis fans are losing their minds over Penny. That's been one of my f- favorite things to do in, so far in this offseason is like click on every single tweet that that like John Rothstein or Jeff Goodman or like guys like that that all, all the scoops guys basically that are putting out there. Gary Parish not so much because he's biased. He's a Memphis guy, so I'm trying to stay away from him. I'm trying to go to the good the Goodman and the Rothstein stuff. Whenever they mention Memphis or Penny, you just like see the comments and it it, it breaks out into a fight of like. They'll mention something, and then one guy will be like, who cares? Memphis is a mid-major. And then, oh my God, just the onslaught of Memphis fans like, we're a top five school. Penny's got us back. It's happening. And oh my, it's it's wild. So how do you see it, Tate? Who, who is setting, who like two years from now is going to be like, damn, I can't, I can't believe I talked myself into this guy leading us to the Final Four. Well, it's probably Penny because, I mean, if you look at the whole Memphis situation, it's got all the acts and all, all the different uh, characters and actors that need to be involved. I mean, we got Mike Miller. The great Mike Miller, the rookie of the year, LeBron's former best friend, and now he's working for Penny. He's, you know, dropping bags. He's in the whole, he's like, there's so many side stories with Memphis that keep coming out of all these different characters that are going to be involved. You know, we obviously knew about the Larry Brown thing. So there's just a lot of watch, a lot to watch there with all the drama that's involved, especially because he basically performed a coup and it's working out pretty well for him so far. And that's true. Yeah. The best thing about it, too, is like Tubby Smith is doing this like little redemption tour where he's like going around on like little radio stations telling his side of the story. And no one seems to really care. The fact that like he was he was working pretty hard and like had had gotten things kind of turned around in Memphis and everyone like wanted to run him out of town, basically. So there's that whole aspect of that where they can always go back and be a revisionist history on Memphis. You know, if it doesn't work out with Penny, which I like, I think Pitt, they just want to stay relevant and be relevant. And that's why Jeff Cable getting some four star point guard to class and sign there is such a big deal. Um, they're going to have a harder time to get people invested in Pitt basketball just in general. Memphis is just, it's ripe for storylines. We got Derrick Rose now playing for the Timberwolves. And, oh, no. And, and they're calling him Reggie Rose. Did you see this? Like Kevin Harlan just kept, he, he was trying to talk to Reggie Miller, but it just sounded like Reggie Rose every single time. He's like, and Reggie Rose, another lay-in every single time. And I was like, I, if I'm a Memphis fan, I'm so upset that we had the number one pick in 2008 and 10 years later, he we don't even know his name anymore. You know, so that's where we're at with with Memphis basketball. Unfortunately, uh, I would I would I would agree with that. I think Pitt is at a point where they Kevin Stalling set the bar so low that Pitt even even if Cable comes out and like four years into his tenure, 
they've they've they're averaging like 21 wins a game i think pit fans would be like you know what we'll take that that's 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 good enough for where where we were i mean long term that's that's not good enough i mean when you were talking about like ben howland and jamie dixon and what they had what they had established there but yeah memphis has set themselves up like penny hardaway is going to win us a national championship <laughs> in the next five years and it's it's absolutely like more power to you guys memphis fans i know you're excited i know that we're about to get a ton of tweets and emails from people that are going to start with you guys just don't understand. I'm from Memphis and blank, fill in the blank, whatever it is. We get it. You're excited. Awesome. Uh, but but man, that's 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 wild. Um but enough about that, Tate. Let's talk about testing the waters. That's that's this is what the season is about right now. It is testing the water season. It is declaring for the draft season. Has the deadline come and gone? What do you mean? As far as announcing that you're going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, 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 that's already passed. Yeah. And then you have until May 30th to decide if you want to keep your name in the draft. So now, now we're at the point where we have the now it's asterisk season. So every single list that you see, you'll see the people with the asterisk that says that they have signed with an agent or, or declaring if they haven't signed with an agent. And I think that's the most interesting thing now because the first year people actually tested the waters. You know, like we saw the whole Kentucky team announce that they were going to go to the you know wanted to test out mm-hmm. for the draft. And people weren't actually just signing with agents. And now we've gotten to the point where people just, they they basically just said, screw it. And if they announce, like, we've seen people like Darrell Moore, who, you know, uh, you're probably sitting there and like, who the hell is that? Yeah, he's a junior from Wake Forest. And he announced that he was going to go to the draft. And people were saying he's going to be undrafted. And he just signed with an agent, you know? He's not even testing the waters anymore. He's just diving in. So I, I would like to have some that- dive-in candidates and some test-the-water candidates and try to meet in the middle mm-hmm. and see if it works. Uh, yeah, that was, that's the big argument going on in, in basketball Twitter right now. Not, not really. I mean, there are a lot of, there's always argue. That's, that's basically what basketball Twitter is, is just arguing. But, uh, at least in my purview, that's, that's what I'm seeing is the clash of college people. This is the time of year. Like we're, we're in draft season. Um, obviously the playoffs are going on, but, but the draft part is where the world of college basketball and the world of NBA basketball collide. Yeah. And you get, you get the brightest minds of each. <laughs> Battling out on Twitter, 280 mm. characters mm. at a time. <laughs> um, but but the other day I saw John Rothstein, our favorite. Again, I, I I love talking about our favorite robot in college basketball. Uh, said something like, "All these guys are declaring for the draft. There's only or, or, or no, he was it was last night. He was watching the uh, the Timberwolves uh, Rockets. Thing. He was saying he was like, no how many guys. He, he was saying how many guys could play in the series, right? Yeah, yeah. How many guys could play in this series right now? And then everyone rolls their eyes and does the jerk off motion, like, "Come on, John, don't be an idiot." Uh, but that's the big debate is like, you know, like people that skew towards the NBA, people that are like that skew towards like players rights and pay the players. God damn it. What's taking so long? Like, like those kinds of people that like don't actually have solutions. They just love to yell that college basketball's fucked and they don't really know how to fix it, but they just sit from atop their high horse and look at that. They, they, they are you, talk, are you talking about like, John Calipari right now? Ooh, yeah. Interesting. Maybe I am. <laughs> they love to have the stance of like, Everybody should declare for the draft. Everybody should sign with an agent. Get the hell out of college. And then, like, you got the old school college guys that are like, the only time you should ever sign with an agent is if you're a projected lottery pick. And for some reason, no one seems to like think about it in the middle where, you know, like, just like I can, I can look at a guy like Darrell, what's his name? Darrell Moore. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no one even knows. I could, uh, I could look at a guy like him. I can say, Listen, he's probably not going to get drafted. That doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad decision. He can go play in Europe. He probably, at the end of the day, said, I just want to make money playing basketball. I don't know what his situation is at home. I don't know what his financial situation is. All of that could be true. But I could also look at that and be like, 
I, I understand all of that, but I still think maybe coming back would have been a smart play because X, Y, Z. Um, and there's like no nuance with this stuff. But I say that to say, I just, I love watching these arguments unfold because, uh, Again, it's just it's it's the it's the clashing of the NBA pure. It's like the people that are into the NBA and think college is like the dumb. How can anybody possibly like college basketball? And then it's like the hard ass college fans who are like Bob Knight was. I was I was I was just on the phone with you the other day. I was watching Bob Knight uh, uh, on David Letterman. I was watching these old night interviews on uh, with with David Letterman back in the eighties and nineties. And at one point he's like. Uh, I don't really watch the NBA, Dave. I like watching basketball. And like, you just know everyone in Indiana is like fist pumping, like, yeah, Bob, yeah. <laughs> Tell him, Bob, stick it to him. Fuck you. <laughs> Bobby, uh, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's where we're at. We're like, these, everyone's, every, but that's my point I was going to make, Tate, is that I want some nuance. I want people, like, it's okay for me to say, uh, you know, the, the the guy who is signing with an agent, not not every single guy who is declaring for the draft and signing with an agent is making a smart move. There are plenty of guys who this was a very, very, very dumb move. But like in this day and age of, again, players' rights and pay the players and all that kind of stuff, everyone just applauds anytime some guy pisses away his eligibility just because... Because you know like all these guys... You know that all these guys really do genuinely think they're going to play in the NBA. You can like tell a guy, listen, every mock draft says you're going undrafted. He's like, that's all right. They doubted me before. They said I wouldn't play D1 either. Yeah. And, you know that that's what all these guys are saying. All they and say, all they say, is minor setback, major comeback. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna shock the world. I'm, I'm out here to shock the world, baby. And it's like th- that's the part I think where like the old school college guys. They're are like, like, have you ever heard of like, Kent Bazemore? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my point. I wanted to make is like. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's have some nuance. Let's meet in the middle. Let's let's talk about this intelligently. Well, the, you and I. This is when well, the this is when let's the be nu- the change we want to see in the world. Say, let's talk about this. Of course, and I will say this. This is when the nuance comes when there are test cases that makes people freak out and reassess every single thing that is possible. And I give you the Luke May decision. Luke May is a mm. junior in North Carolina. We know he was a walk on, even though he wasn't a walk on. We know he was a walk on. We know that he played his way up into the starting lineup of Carolina. We know he hit the shot against Kentucky. We know he had a pretty good year last year for Carolina. He was a breakthrough athlete, as they say. Uh, I was I was in a conversation with a a, a, a recent GM that is in the NBA. Ooh, 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 ooh. This oh, is this is ooh. this is in Spain. I'm having a text conversation, and uh, I Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it just a, a recent NBA GM that probably loves college basketball players more than most, especially ones that went to North Carolina or any school that North Carolina has played in the past calendar year. Um, you know, Mitch Kupchak. And I was reaching out to him. <laughs> you know, eh, you know. And, I, I, you know, congratulations on, on the job. Go Hornets. We'll see what happens with everything that, that, that goes on there. But the, the best thing about this was I was asking about guys that would do the test the waters. You know, who's going to go out there and test the waters? And he was like, Luke May needs to test the waters. This is before any of the stuff came out. And I, you know, I, I believe in sarcasm. So I read it and I laughed to myself. And I was like, well, you know, that, that won't happen. But that's funny to think about. And then Luke May comes out. He tests the waters. Everyone is applauding him for doing this, right? Everyone's like, this is a great oh, decision no. for him to get out there and try to test the waters and, and see what his stock is in the draft. And then other people, you know, that are, you know, the jerks of the world are like, tell this asshole, don't take someone's spot, stay in school. He has no chance. I wouldn't take him in 12 rounds if there were 12 rounds, you know, yada, yada, doing all this sort of stuff. But no one is saying, you know, this guy has given up his eligibility, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
here it is, the Luke May case. You know, no one's having that argument with Luke May. But if Zaire Smith does this, it becomes a whole different conversation. If LeGerald Vick does this, it becomes a separate com- conversation all altogether, which is, I don't know. I, I find that very interesting. We're not worried about Luke May, but we're worried about LeGerald Vick. I find it very interesting how thing. you just slid in there. The uh, I'm, I was texting with Mitch Kupchak the other day. Well, how how you really you really resisted name dropping. You're like, I don't really want to do this, but then you you, you just kind of felt the momentum <laughs> heading that way, and you're like, I'm going for it. I'm diving in. Well, I'm it, dropping the name. And it's also one of those things where like that is the only person that would ever try to get Luke May to go to the NBA. And it and at least it, it leads th- me to believe that Luke May is going to get drafted by the Hornets, <laughs> and I have to just stop watching NBA basketball. Then I'm going to make the Bob Knight joke. Luke May was testing the waters. He was uh, dipping his instruments into the waters. And he got drafted in the, lobber, in the lottery by the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> and the, the waters, the water, the, the reading came back and it said uh, Charlotte. That's He's a gamer. Said. He's said, a Come gamer. on home, Luke. <laughs> we need you, Luke. 32, the Come new back home to Lake Norman. Test these waters. Uh, um. get, get on the jet ski. Come with us. That's, that's the other thing that everyone... Uh, uh, Fan, people like the other the other inevitable arguments that break out are like, for some reason, like people still don't understand it. That uh, you know, when you don't hire an agent, it doesn't mean it doesn't really mean shit. Yeah, exactly. To, to declare for the draft, but so many people declare for the draft, they don't hire an agent. They're obviously coming back. Like who was the uh, Eastern? No, Joel Eastern on uh, Purdue did this. Um, the the guy that you that you really liked. Remember when we were talking about Purdue earlier in the year, and you're like, who's this Eastern guy? I think I like him. Uh-huh. I was like, he's not. He's not there yet. Yeah, that guy, he, he declared for the draft. And and I bring him up to say, like, he's obviously not going to, the, he's not going to stay in the, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say obvious, but I'm 99% sure he's not going to stay in the draft. But uh, people, like, freak out. They see declare for the draft. And they're like, what, him? What? And it's, I don't know. I don't understand how people are still idiots about this and don't understand that if you don't sign an agent. Uh, but I take the attitude, I, I, I never, like, I've never gone back and actually looked at the stats to back this up, but for some reason, I'm I'm just convinced, like, if you haven't signed with an agent yet, I assume you're coming back. So I'm curious to think, like, what guys at this stage in the game did not sign with an agent and then still went. And I'm sure there are guys, like, notable examples, but, like, every year when we get to this point, like, if you haven't signed with an agent, I just assume you're coming back. And maybe that's my fault, but um, no, I just don't understand, like... How many people like really haven't made up their minds at this point, other than Luke May? Because Luke May was obviously coming back until the Hornets reached out to him. And was yeah. like, Luke, we're going to take you. He's, he's like, I cannot believe I'm a first round pick. You know, Roy's number one thing is he won't tell you to go unless he gets a grade that you're a first round pick. So I'm sure that that was the one grade he got. He was like, Well, someone's saying you're a first round pick, Luke. You just got to go for it. Uh, I I think I was trying to look at the list of guys that like have not signed with someone that has a real chance. I mean, Zaire Smith was the number one guy that he just decided to sign with someone that was still out there. Mo Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little Mo Wagner story. I can I can tell you as well. There was a there was a Michigan f- uh, friend of the program that reached out that said that uh, she she had been around Wagner quite a bit and he was very upset that I called him a media whore. And uh, you know, for people that <laughs> <laughs> in the elite eight stages, I believe I called him that uh, in response to Sister Jean. Just that you know, it was a little you know even it out. You know, so I wasn't biased. Uh, and then I got a text, uh, a picture of Mo Wagner flicking me off with the quote saying. F- you Tate. Uh, <laughs> so shout out, shout out Mo Wagner. I'm glad he signed with an agent and I hope he does well in the NBA. I, he is my Dolph Lundgren. He will be my enemy now, but I'm, I'm pulling for him. I hope he can come be on the, the next pod, Mo. Yeah, come on the pod. Defend come yourself. Come on the pod. Let's talk. <laughs> I just thought that was great. 
Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Wagner, uh, that was the right move for Wagner. Let, let's go through, like, individual guys that jump out to you, and, and let's just give our, uh, l- let's be our old man, our crusty old man, giving our opinion that no one really cares about, <laughs> um, whether we think, let's make decisions for these guys and be like, ooh, bad idea, or or you agree with their decision. Um, Starting with Wagner, I think Wagner is pretty obvious, right? Like, he's not going to get any better in, in college, necessarily. He's kind of proven what he can do. Right? This was a no-brainer that Wagner was going. We don't have any issue with this, right? Yeah, the, it's a no-brainer for sure. I mean, I, I assume that he'll be a late first-round pick. I mean, maybe even moved his way up until, like, the DJ Wilson, who was obviously there last year, went, like, 16-17 to the Bucks last year. I could see him going somewhere in there. He actually tweeted out something cool. I'll give him some credit. He uh, There was some quote, that he, some German quote that he had uh, from Dirk Nowitzki that he had, a, like, a poster in his room, and it was, like, some quote, like, you make your dreams come true or something like You know, some Disney quote like that. And uh, he put that out there that, you know, this was his time, you know, to find his destiny and to find his dream, which I thought was kind of cute and kind of sweet. So I, I don't think Shocked he, the world. Yeah, I don't think he's a media <laughs> whore now. I think he's just a good German kid that wants to make it in the NBA. So I, I'm pulling for Wagner. Uh, yeah, Va- Wagner had to go. He was not, I mean, yeah, you go to the national championship game. Yeah. He's already a junior. You're st- that, that one's pretty obvious. And, uh, and he's, who, a, he's the perfect who, example of someone that tested the water last year with Wilson. Wilson decided to stay in the draft, goes right. and plays for the Bucks. Wagner comes back. They go to the national title game. His stock is probably higher than it would have been last year, and he'll get drafted in the first round. Like, it worked. It worked what, for Wagner. What decision What decision jumps out to you the most, though, from college basketball that we've, that we've seen thus far? As far as shocking... Yeah, I mean, or just just the most notable. What is the most notable? Either way, I mean, like DeAndre Hunter coming back. That's notable to me. That's one. That would that might actually be my answer. I mean, I didn't think DeAndre Hunter was going to leave Virginia, but I thought he could have. Um, especially like if you get out now, I think you wash the stench of the sixteen one thing, and like people would forget that you were even on the team because um, <laughs> he didn't play in that game. And uh, you know, he's obviously like a, a people love his skill set and what he, he he's he's not there yet. I think if you actually watch DeAndre Hunter play, you know he's he's pretty raw and it feels like he's gonna be good, really, really good next year. But um I don't know. I thought I thought there's a chance he'd at least test the waters, as we say. Uh and he came back. That was notable that he's just like, no, nah, I'm not even gonna mess with it. I'm I'm coming back to Virginia. And that's a really strong for like the Virginia brand of basketball. And I would say right now, as it stands, like Malcolm Brogdon hit this huge three in the playoffs the other night, and that was great for Virginia basketball. Justin Anderson has been playing really well for the Sixers. That's good for Virginia basketball. After the whole 16-1 upset, I feel like I felt like there was a little bit of a stench around the program, but somehow, you yeah, know, just a little bit. I would say just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony Bennett wins coach of the year. Uh we've had these good things happen in the playoff for Virginia guys. Hunter comes back. Kyle Guy comes back. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Jerome did, did comes Tony, back. Tony Bennett win Coach of the Year? Yeah. I, th- I thought Jay Wright. I thought Jay Wright won the Duffy. Oh, well, I mean, you're right. Jay are, Wright. Are, Jay, are, Jay wait, Wright. Are, are you I, undermining our own award show, Tate? <laughs> My God. I was thinking of good guys. I was thinking of good guys. I got locked in on good guys. <laughs> and, and that's always tough. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I was just saying, Virginia, they, they figured it out a little bit, which is nice. Hunter, if he had played in the tournament, and they obviously wouldn't have lost to a 16 seed if he had played, I think he would have gone to the draft. So I think this was the smartest move they ever made as a program. They basically shelved him, mm. and they redshirted him, and didn't want to show him to the world, and then they're going to save him for next and year, and he'll be a lost. star. <laughs> they purposely, and purposely they, endured they the most it. humiliating loss in yes. college basketball history. Genius. Uh, what a just, play. Just so DeAndre Hunter would come back. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Smart move. Uh, so, so uh, what, what's your answer? Who's the guy? Who? What? What's the one guy that jumps out to you that we should talk about right now? Uh, Brian Bowen, 
And it's it's just for the fact yeah. that I do I do I want the first nun and done. You know, I really want it to be a true nun and done. Um, and and, and I and Did I, he I dec- <laughs> hold on hold on. Did he really declare for the draft? Yes. <laughs> what Brian Bowen, the man that took down Rick Pitino, who we'll get to later, who has a new book coming out. That was a nice tease. Brian Bowen, the man that transferred to South Carolina, is still ineligible. The NCAA has not cleared him to play. He is now going to test the waters as he is. Uh, you know, as he should do. Um, he is listed as a second round slash undrafted projection at the moment. He has not signed with an agent. But this is the first time I'll ever get to watch Brian Bowen play basketball. I'm guessing at the combine. I hope he, you know, plays in the five on five drills. I just want to see if he's good at basketball. So I don't know. That that's an interesting story to me, Brian Bowen. Uh, of course, the, if I would have <laughs> known that, I would have picked that one too. He so he didn't sign with an agent, so no. he is maintaining his amateurism. <laughs> yes. by not signing with an agent. Even though Brian, he's already taken a hundred thousand. <laughs> he's still yeah, an amateur. But he's uh, still an amateur. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Brian Bowen is my favorite college basketball player of all time. Yeah. I, I want him to be, as I said before, last time we talked about him, I brought up the idea of him being, I, I couldn't think of what the term would be, but basically he stays in college basketball for four years but never actually plays and just gets his degree from South Carolina. And it's always like he's always like appealing and another appeal and like but then as soon as he wins one appeal like another scandal comes up and they need to take the time to investigate that one and he's just kind of like working out with the team and he keeps testing the waters and and the whole thing is about like is he going to come back is he and then like his senior year he comes back for the second round NCAA tournament game and they lose by like forty and that's mm. it and, and that's all we ever see. <laughs> And everyone's teeing it up like he's going to save the day. You know, I, I hope he transfers yeah. like different programs every single year, like programs that are like one person away, like the whole Maryland transfer oh, a yeah, few like, years ago. Yeah. So is, is he going to have to So say he comes back? Like, is he, Does he have to sit out a year? Does, is, like, I don't, I don't, I've, I've lost track of his timeline, of his eligibility. I've lost track of everything about him. I'm just, again, I'm going under the assumption that we're never going to see him play. But So basically he, tran- he transferred in January so that he could start playing in the 2019. In January. Yeah, in January of 2019. Yeah. But he has not been ruled eligible, so I don't think that his transfer has like necessarily kicked in yet. Kicked in yet? So I don't think, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that plan will work. Uh, so I think that's why he's having a problem right now. Uh, and the, the other guy for South Carolina that will be working out with them is Chris Silva, who is one of those guys we, we were mentioning of just someone that just puts their name in to see what happens, not going to sign with an agent. And, uh, you know, Frank Martin will have him back next year. Uh, the, I have a two-guard lineup that is very uninter- uninteresting to most people, but I think is very interesting for the ACC. Uh, Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson, the two, the two guys for Boston College, they both put their names in. They're both really good guards, and they kind of remind me of uh, like the Trailblazers backcourt in college basketball. They could be really, really good if they both come back, and especially if they work out uh, between Robinson and Bowman. We saw them upset Duke, obviously, this year. That was a big game that everyone probably remembers. But I don't know. Those two guys coming back would be interesting to me, too. But now back to real people that um, people care about. Why? Why? So I think there's this. I, I just had this thought too, as I'm as I'm hearing, as I'm just thinking about testing the waters. I'm lo- I, I found a list of all the guys that are uh, that have declared and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I had this thought, like, so there's this assumption that by testing the waters, you, you don't sign with the agent. Like we said, there are these guys who who go in there, they know they're not going to the draft, no matter they they, they kind of expect the people to be like, yeah, you're not going to probably get drafted in this draft. But they're just there to get feedback. They're there to to, to figure out what they need to work on. They're there to, you know, just kind of go through the process, learn. A, that, that's kind of the rationale behind so many of these guys declaring who obviously are never going to set foot on NBA court in the next 12 months. Um, but 
when you have this many guys, like I, I think there's this assumption that that's how it works. But when you have like 400 guys doing this, how detailed are these reports? I mean, like, are all these is every single guy that that goes through this process and tests the waters? I, I, like, we have this perception as as fans that. Each each one of these guys, I'm trying to think of of I'm trying to think of an example of a guy. I don't I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I'll, I'll use you, Tate. Say Tate Frazier is a sophomore coming out of Carolina, and he he's averaging three minutes a game, and he throws his name in the draft. We we have this assumption that you are going to go through this process, and then when you come back, you're going to just have this like encyclopedia of information that these scouts have given you that you're now going to take back to Chapel Hill and work on your game with, and. I get the feeling that most of them, like their feedback is just, dude, you suck. I'm not wasting my time watching you anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like yes. that's that's all they get out of this process. They call <laughs> they call that the Leangelo ball, I think. I, I think that's what his whole plan <laughs> yes. is. They just they just go in, they watch them, they're like, Are you kidding me? And they get back. I honestly one of the guys that I do think could actually come back and it would be a good thing for him was like Tyus Battle of Syracuse. He's like a sophomore, like you said. Mm. He doesn't sign with an agent. He goes and works out with all these other guards that are really, really good. He's a good scorer. He comes back, has an amazing junior year, and then becomes like a you know, you know, top, top fifteen, top twenty draft pick. You know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, l- let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about these draft guys and get into some other stuff. See what's going on. Maybe talk a little NBA playoffs. Patino. We got to talk are about. You, are Patino. you down to talk some? Yeah. Oh, Patino. Yeah, we'll definitely talk Patino. But let's take a break. We'll come back. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar, be it the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom-sized shirt in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. You can choose over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles. From classic to business to casual, to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want, you can make it happen with Proper Cloth. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash shining today. Enter code shining to save $20 on your first shirt. Back to the podcast. All right, Tay. Uh, the question, we're, we're kind of going over these guys who have declared, who have who have come back, all that kind of stuff. This That's the time of year it is. Test the water season. Mm-hmm. Decisions are being made. Um, What's the temp of the water? I'll be... That's what I want to know. Like, is that's, it cold? Is that's it what hot? Everyone wants to know. That's what everyone wants to know. I don't know. Did, we'll figure it out. How did test the waters become the phrase? <laughs> that's that's what I don't. Know. There's so many things you can test. Mm-hmm. I, I I I can't think of an example. <laughs> Just test yourself. <laughs> test your t- take a, a, a never mind. I was, gonna, I was gonna I was gonna make it. I was gonna make Just an Isaac Haas joke that. <laughs> I was going to make an Isaac Haas joke that would have been very inappropriate. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. Good now. job. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll all laugh. We all knew what you wanted to say in our heads. We just we just saw our captain. Uh, but I can't keep track of everybody. Um, and I need you to do that for me because hope, hopefully you can answer these questions for me. The, the, the questions that really matter are the Duke and uh, Kentucky guys. Yeah. I think those are the ones that like if you if you don't pay that much attention to college basketball, that's where your your mind directly goes is. I assume that Kentucky has like 35 stars coming in. I know that Duke has the top three guys coming in. Um, 
But are they going to, what, what's going to happen with the playing time? Are the guys, are all the guys that we think going, going? Are they not? Um, what stands out to you with Duke and Kentucky slash what the hell is going on there? Because all I know, I know Diallo declared and signed an agent, which I, I guess like people that are in the know think that that's a good move for him because he's athletic and he has like the skill set or he has like the, the, uh, not the skill set, the, the exact opposite of the skill set, the, the measurables, <laughs> the body and the, <laughs> the measurables. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Um, he has that, and that like jumps off the page of people. Like you watch him play, you're like, that guy's going to the NBA. Are we are we sure about that? Um, but I've, I, I, I'm I'm assuming Knox went. Actually, I know Knox went. Yeah, Knox, Knox went. Uh, signed signed with an agent. Obviously, I know I know Bagley signed. Um, but some of the fringe guys, I, I've I've not kept up on those. Like, what's what's uh, is Duval? He signed right. Yeah, he signed with an agent. Duval signed with an agent. Trevon Duval or Trayvon Duval, as most people would call him. He signed with an agent. Gary Trent Jr. also uh, signed with an agent, which was, uh, I think, mm. Kay, Kay was trying his best to make sure that he did not do that because they needed some more shooting to come back. Um, quick tangent on Kay while we're talking about him. He had, I watched the the banquet that they had, like the senior banquet, uh, like with all the awards for like Duke or whatever. And he was talking about Grayson and Grayson. Hold on. Yeah. yeah, senior banquet is just Grayson, right? So it's just the Grayson banquet. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like, let's let Grayson talk. And I think Grayson, I, I didn't see what Grayson said. I just saw Coach K's response to it. But he said something like, it's been a roller coaster. And Kay, Kay came up and, you know, was like, it has not been a roller coaster. It has been a perfect career. Um, he has been nothing but great uh, for the university. He has been a perfect representation of what they want from the Duke basketball program. Mm. And, I, and I just found that so amazing. Uh, and Coach K, obviously, mm. that's his new phrase to say everything is amazing. So he, amazing. It's just amazing for Grayson. It's amazing. So he just kept saying that over and over about how amazing his career was. But that's enough about Grayson. Uh, Duval was going to go, which was shocking to people. I don't really know what his value is in the draft uh, as far as like where he's projected to go. I saw a second round for a lot of people. But then I also saw one draft where he was like a lottery pick. So he's sort of up in the air. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which is, that's the problem with all these mock drafts and, and all this other stuff. It's like nobody knows. And if you go to Duke or Kentucky, they'll just throw you up there. P.J. Washington is a guy for Kentucky. That we both have watched. I mean, his dad is the coach at Finley Prep, uh, you know, a big prep school. He did not sign with an agent, but he put himself in the draft, um, which I think mm. is a little bit uh, shocking, I guess, if you're a Kentucky fan. Nick Richards for Kentucky put his name in there. Uh, Sasha Kalia Jones, uh, a five former five-star guy, a sophomore, is transferring. A lot of people think that there's a, a chance that he transfers to Chapel Hill to play for North Carolina. We'll see if that happens. Uh, mm. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, another freshman that was a, a highly touted five-star for Kentucky. He declared he's going to test the waters, but he did not sign with an agent. I think you could see a lot of, uh, a lot of Kentucky guys. I, th- I think Quad A Green is coming back. I think you could see a lot more sophomores coming yeah. back oh, yeah. for Kentucky. So. So that'll I saw, be interesting. I saw a Quaddy Green. Yeah, that that was the thing with Kentucky this year is like I I I kept making the same point a hundred times just because I ran out of things to say about Kentucky, but <laughs> they 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 were long and athletic and all that, but they didn't have just basketball skills. And I was like, if these guys come back, they're gonna be very good. And yeah. I hope all of them come back, except I basically wanted everybody but Knox and uh uh who else am I not thinking of? Oh, uh, Gilgis Alexander. Yep. I wanted Knox and Gilgis Alexander to obviously go and then everybody to come back. And for the most part, 
that's sort of what's happening. Except Diallo left, but I don't think that really hurt Kentucky. I think that's again, that's that's kind of a good thing. Diallo probably wanted to stay, and, and <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, it, that's what eh. it kind of sounded like. Which which was funny because the way that you started the the conversation, we're talking about Duke and Kentucky. Like Diallo was the ultimate split between those two. Like he became like the the face of the headline of what the Duke pitch was and what the Kentucky pitch was. We've talked about it on this program before. Oh obviously. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so like for him to be the split one, and now it's like Cal is trying to get rid of him when it, before it was like Duke. Duke and Kentucky were doing all they could to try to bring them there and now it's like on the other side of that they're trying to get him out uh, it's always interesting wasn't I reading something about uh, Quaddy Green thinking about transferring too yeah so when is he, coming, is he coming back to Kentucky, or is he just not going to the draft? No, he is coming back to Kentucky, and I saw the— He said he's coming back to Kentucky. I saw the Fran Fraschilla tweet, uh, which, you know, we're big big, big fans of Fran on this program. Uh, he did the the old quote, like, you know, there's nothing—the best thing about a freshman is that he becomes a sophomore. Um, so that, you know, Quad A Green—that was a Quad A Green thing. I, I thought they already became sophomores, like around March. <laughs> yeah. They become sophomores. They played a full season, well, no, now Quadi- they're sophomores. Quaddy Green was going to transfer, and Cal grabbed him, grabbed a fistful of a shirt, and he said, "Listen here, Quaddy. I went on national television, and I said that you're going to drop 30 points in an upcoming <laughs> and, and game. You haven't done it yet, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and you still have not done. You are not leaving this goddamn campus until you give me a 30 point game. <laughs> Let's hope that Cal tweets like in August when they're in the Bahamas or something that Quaddy had 30 in their scrimmage. Yeah, and then and then That's he like the game he, I've been he, like, waiting tags, for. He tags uh, at Old Takes Exposed, and he's like, totally called it. Feel free to retweet that one. <laughs> Who do you think is better, Ryan, um, Ryan Harrow or Quade Green? That's that's my that's my ultimate question. Oh come on, that's <laughs> what did Quade do to you? Why would you do that to Quade? I'm kidding, Kentucky oh, fans. Don't get upset. Why, why would you do that to Kentucky fans and Look, invoke Ryan Harrow? Let's name hope he's you. better than Marcus Teague. That's all we can say. That's all we can say. Um. So yeah, so so it's playing. So, uh, uh, Carter, Wendell Carter, is he gone? Wendell Carter is gone. Is he signed with an agent. So Wendell Carter was the one okay. for Duke that was like going back and forth. Everyone was like, "K really wants him to stay. There's a chance that he stays. He fits with the program. Yada yada." Uh, but then in the end, he decided to go. Um, he's yeah, si- I mean, he, he's, that, he's, he's going to be a lottery pick, right? Yeah, he's a top ten yeah, pick. So yeah. th- there was no way that yeah, he should he have stayed. But uh, we've seen stranger things happen with Duke guys deciding to to not come back. Obviously, I mean, Elton cool. Grand, we remember coming back. Uh, I'm trying to think about who else on that Duke roster. I mean, Bagley already signed. Um, I mean, they've moved on to the new phase of guys. Like I said, the the the, the last thing they did was talk about Grayson, and now they're they're on to the new wave. Who uh, who else out there? What what other what other guys we need to talk about with this? Yeah, I mean the Villanova um, guys kind of stand out to me as far as like Divincenzo oh, yeah, yeah, and that's Spellman. The big decisions. Yeah, it's like those two guys. If Spellman and Divincenzo come back, then Villanova is what I mean, probably preseason number at least preseason number two or three or something like that. Probably should be preseason number one with those two guys. They both haven't signed with agents. I expect both of them to go back uh to Villanova, you know, cuz that's that's they what they do. They have to be preseason number 1 if they come back. Yeah. Everyone's gassing up Kansas cuz they got the uh the Lawson guys from Memphis who uh wasn't the story wasn't like Penny trying to get them back? Yeah, of course. I, I swear I saw that. I swear. <laughs> the best thing about Penny Hardaway right now is that he's going after everybody. Like every single every single recruit, every single person that like hasn't quite figured out where they want to go, like somehow Penny Hardaway comes up, which is great. He's going after like stars of the team. He's calling <laughs> he's calling like guys who are the best players on their team. He's calling like, Chris Wilkes at UCLA he, he, and it's like, hey, you yeah, ever heard Chris, of Memphis Chris Wilkes call, <laughs> He's calling Charles Matthews. Like, hey, I know I know you just had a good run with Michigan. 
<laughs> you know what? John Beeline never played in the NBA. I did. <laughs> He's calling Billy Preston. Uh, uh, we will, we will, as as Tate and I always do. We will be on top of this as the stories develop. Um, we are we are your one stop shop for for draft coverage. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, no, it'll be fun to watch like this play out. Like I, I just kind of get overwhelmed. Like there's so many names out there, and you don't know who's actually serious, who's not. It just kind of becomes like a. I don't know. I, I'm not really like like I, I, it, it's way too early. I'm, I'm gonna coin this phrase. It's the way too early top twenty five. Uh, it's 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 too early for me to like start fleshing out what this means for teams next year and all that kind of stuff because um, I don't know. That's 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 my point. Yeah, I, I kind of get it, it, it's it's the same with recruiting. It's my same attitude attitude towards recruiting. It's like I have no idea what the hell's good. There's so many guys making decisions, decommitting, going to pit, uh, all that kind of stuff going on. It's like I'll just just call me like a month before the season and we'll we'll look at the rosters then. But um, yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to hit on this? No, I just want to say like as as far as the test of water, it's just so long too. It's five weeks. So it's really hard to keep up with who's yeah, signing with but, agents. There, there's like all these smoke screens of guys that want to get more pub and like sort of linger. Like that, I think that's what Carter did. You know, he wanted to make his decision become more of a national spotlight and more of a national talking point. So he draws it out. You make it sound like you may come back to Duke. People talk about you. Then you're like, oh no, I'm just going to the NBA draft. I just wanted you guys to know. It um, says, I just saw. I saw yesterday that the Arizona uh, Trier and Hawkins and uh, Aiton. They they released another statement that said they're going to the NBA draft. Just in case anyone didn't see their first <laughs> six statements we did that, that they in released, February, starting yeah. starting in January. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to remind you guys. That. Yeah, that's good. That's always yeah. good. That's what you want. They're, they're waiting for someone to give a shit. They're like, we don't care. There's a bigger story going on at your school, and they're like, okay, but just so you know, we are going to the NBA. It's like we get it. <laughs> um, I'm Tino thing. Yeah. Before we get to Patino, I'm just sitting here playing with my Patrick Ewing bobblehead that was sent to us by Georgetown, and yes, I, I just want to I got say, one too. yeah, it's Georgetown. You took yours out of the box. Yeah, I took it out of the box, and I'm just it's just sitting here on the desk next to me. Uh, all I can think about is, have I ever shot that shot? Uh, the answer is no. I've never shot that shot. I wasn't, I wasn't going to take mine out of the box because I wanted to have it as a collector's item. But now I need to see what. What coach Ewing? I, I'm gonna call him Coach Ewing. Let's be honest. It Just looks like it him. looks like Lavelle Moton, the coach of NC Central. It does not look like Patrick Ewing, but he, he does have a Georgetown basketball in his hand. He does have a suit on. It's not a jumpsuit. It is a coat and tie. He's Dude. looking dapper. Love it. Yeah, this doesn't look like him. <laughs> they, uh, it looks like Lavelle Moton. I'm telling you, exactly like Lavelle Moton, who is a good coach. Oh, it's, it actually says Coach Ewing on the bottom too. <laughs> I just now see that. Yeah, it does not look like Patrick. Don't, Ewing don't though, you think it's, you know it should just say Patrick Ewing? Like, I like. I guess he's like trying to. That's his thing. Like, I'm, I'm Coach saying. Ewing. Yeah, just say Patrick Ewing. Because then, because uh, then you get confused. It, it sounds like he's like Patrick Ewing's dad or something. You know, it's like no, this is Pat Ewing. Dude, he's, this is, he's coaching us. This is awesome. Shout out, shout out to Georgetown dropping the bag for uh for yeah. They're smart. The, the people at Georgetown are smart. We were making jokes about Patrick Ewing. They know the way to our hearts, as we've said on this podcast before, Tate. Like. All it takes is just acknowledging us, and we will be on your side. Yeah. And it's so easy, and it's like with novelty items. You know, it's not even money or anything. It's just like be like, nice to us. If, <laughs> if if everyone if everyone that listens to the pod wonders, like like Jeff Cable's just going to start like next year, Pitt's going to have the top seven recruits, all of them. Yeah, he's just going to get them all, and they're yes. all good. Like all all of them are going to be three years too young. He's going to get them all to reclassify. 
and we're not even going to mention it on the podcast, and everyone's going to be like, I wonder what the hell's going on. If, if that happens, friends of the program, I'm talking to you at this point. If that happens, you will know that Jeff Capel reached out to Tate and I. <laughs> and it was like, and, and we was like hey, you want to go in my private jet? To, <laughs> we, yeah. We now work for Pitt. We are in the pit. Um, Speaking of Georgetown, we're, we're we're at the we're at the part of the pod where we're just kind of riffing, talk about whatever you want. But uh, I, this Mac McClung guy, we need to talk about him. We mm-hmm. need to devote at least five minutes to this guy. Um, I so he, we'll start here. He, he's Riff Raff's cousin. <laughs> what who, is he really? The people who Mac McClung is. Oh, you didn't know this? I did not know he was related to Riff Raff at all. Uh, that, How do I know this? I don't know, but that kind of changes related everything. Related to Riff Raff in some. I I actually thought he was going to be uh, good, and then you told me that, and now I'm now I'm rethinking everything. He's basically the white so, Zion Williamson. He can dunk and do everything. I, I'm getting tagged on Instagram um, with people are sending me this guy, and and I'm looking at him, and I'm I'm thinking like I you know like I I again I I obviously don't follow recruiting that closely, so I start watching his highlights, and I'm like this guy's got to be really good. Um, for those who don't know, this, this kid's name's Mac McClung. He's going to Georgetown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is. If he was going to Duke, I would already say he's he's the heir apparent to like like Alex O'Connell is the reason he's not going to Duke because he probably was like interested in Duke and then Alex O'Connell's like no 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 I'm taking over Grayson's throne after he leaves like you can't you yes. can't come in here and try to take over um that's my way of saying like America's gonna hate this kid if he's good at all uh but apparently he's like not that good <laughs> he's just like he can dunk he's just like a highlight reel <laughs> yeah but I love his I love his swagger. I love his attitude. I love the uh, I'm gonna shock the world attitude that th- this kid's got going on. He's wearing like the the thing I recently saw was he was at like some Allen Iverson event and he was wearing Iverson's jersey and he was doing like a dunk with Iverson's jersey and then dapping up Iverson after he did it. And yeah. I was like, this kid has to be a top five recruit. Like, there's no way he's not. And then I look him up and he's like a three star. <laughs> but it, who had he had offers from like Georgetown and Rutgers and that was it. But he's like boys with all like the main guys. So he's like in the jam fam with like uh, Zion Williamson and and their whole little group of people that are all dunkers, you know, that do all these like videos online. And that's how he became popular, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And and then Georgetown just like scooped him up. You know, they're like, if we're not going to be good and win games, we're going to at least be on the social medias, you know, or at least we're going to be going viral as much as we can so Mac McClung is basically like Gerald Green you know he doesn't he's not going to do anything on a basketball court that's going to wow you other than dunk and but the dunks are going to be ferocious and they're going to be awesome and they're going to be on the ESPN top 10 so uh it's a it's a smart play by Pat Ewing you know you just get these bridge years and you just get guys that can go viral for you and especially like a white guy dunking there's nothing like that people lose their mind over that I'm pretty sure so I, I I'm not exactly sure who Riff Raff is, um, but I'm pretty sure Mac McClung is, is related to Riff Raff. I saw that somewhere. I just checked it out. I think you're right. I saw there. That is, is the craziest thing because right. Riff Raff. That is so insane. Riff Raff is basically if you've seen Spring Breakers, which was uh, James Franco's attempt to be a rapper. I guess he based himself off Riff Raff, which is someone who was on from. G, do you remember from G's to Gents? Do you remember this show? It was like with Fonsworth no. Bentley on MTV, and it taught like G's how to be gents. And I mean, I don't know if a G's ever going to be only, a gent. The only the only words I understood in that sentence were MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else you said. Is <laughs> well, Fonsworth tried to make him into a gentleman, but that led to him starting his own burgeoning rap career. And the fact that Mac McClung is re- related to him in any way is probably not good for Georgetown basketball. That's all I can say. That's not, that's not a good thing. Um, what what's this Patino thing going on? You you've been teasing this. Tell the people about the Patino news. So, Rick, that, but not not just that not just that Patino is somehow linked to every single job that becomes open, and then like 
And then, and then like a day or two pass and the momentum builds and people are like, wait, really? Is it going to happen? Is Patino really coming? And then inevitably the school comes out and is like, what? Who the hell, who the hell leaked this? <laughs> yeah. No, we've never even talked to Rick. What are you talking about? It's like we would never hire this guy. He's what been blackballed from the sport. Yeah. And, and Rick's the one that's on his burner account tweeting about how they should hire him. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. I'm going to read you the description of the book. So there was a book coming out and it's titled The Last Temptation of Rick Pitino. Um, as told by David Ruffin, The Last Temptation That Mattered. Uh, a Shakespearean drama of greed and desperation involving some of the biggest characters in the arena of sports. The Last Temptation of Rick Pitino will be the definitive chronicle of this scandal and its broader echoes, which is the most vague yet direct thing I've ever read. Right. Uh, a, a Shakespearean drama. Uh, and when it's you about say, Rick Pitino. When you say this... When you say this scandal, do you mean just like Rick Pitino's existence? Is that <laughs> if you, are, are if, they just referring to Rick Pitino? If you Pitino? take out scandal and just put man and you just use it like that, then it does make sense. Uh, you know, this man <laughs> and his broader echoes. Yes. That this works. living, breathing scandal that has existed for sixty plus years. The one eyed monster himself lets you in, finally. It's going to be amazing. I, I just, I think we should read the book on the podcast. We should just do like little chapters. We will. We definitely, we, we 100% will. That's what the people want us to do is, is read it. We will, we will definitely do that. Uh, it's so good. Speaking of, speaking of Louisville, um, have you been watching the, you've been watching the playoffs, right? You of, have to. Of course. Of course. Um, Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> He's so shit. good. He's so good. He reminds me of D-Wade. Folks, you see this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donovan Mitchell is pretty good. My favorite thing that's happening right now in basketball is that people are talking about Donovan Mitchell as if he is the league MVP and as if he is the guy that has composure in the series while he's going against Russell. If I was Russell Westbrook, I would hate Donovan Mitchell. Like I, I was watching First Take and uh, all these other shows this morning, and they're just like, I wish that Russell Westbrook had the composure of Donovan Mitchell. And I'm like, this is so rude. Like this guy won the MVP last year. He's been he's been in the NBA finals. He's been in the NBA for you know eight, nine, ten years, whatever it is. And everyone's like talking about Donovan Mitchell. Like Donovan Mitchell is basically Jesus to people that like like the NBA basketball right now. Well, Nobody I, can say anything bad about him. It, it's just amazing. I think there's something to be said about guys who are beloved by their fan bases. Um, yeah. Like like whoever like the guys that go above and beyond like like if you're watching the Jazz game I I, I obviously did not follow the Jazz closely this year uh, I would turn on a game here or there that beyond um but in watching the playoffs it's become evident to me that the Jazz fans will lose their damn minds for Donovan Mitchell he could just he could get he could get the Jazz fans to just like do he, he he's got them at the wrapped around his finger and I think there's something to be said like as someone like me who's kind of a neutral fan watching this. I gravitate towards those kinds of players that like obviously resonate with the fan base. And you could you could say like, well, doesn't every best player on every team resonate with the fan base? That's probably true. But there are guys when like you eclipse whatever level and you you notice that there's something special going on here with with this guy and that fan base, it becomes it, it kind of sucks you in. And then it, it's the same thing with like Oladipo at Indiana. Like that's sort of the same sort of thing going on as like Oladipo. From what I've seen. In the, the the games that the Pacers have lost, he hasn't exactly been great. He yeah. hasn't, you know. I'm not saying it's his fault, but like, he's not really carrying the Pacers. But like, if if you're watching the game with one eye and you're not really paying that much attention, you'd be like, and, and the Pacers win, you'd be like, oh, Oladipo's got to be just because there's like this relationship. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, Tate, but that's kind of how I observe this stuff, and that's how Donovan Mitchell to me, like, I am fully behind him basically just because I watch him 
turn and and put his arms up and try to get the crowd going and I, I just see people like crying in the stands and like throwing their babies onto the court like please touch my child and it's a uh, it's just a wild scene yeah it, it's like Brandon Roy a little bit it just seems like everyone loves him and everyone wants him to do well you know when he is in, and and he does it in the fourth quarter and I think that's the thing with Donovan Mitchell we it's like the last thing we see is what we remember you know and Mitchell is I think he's like outscoring Paul George and Russell Westbrook by like 14 points in the fourth quarter something crazy like that and you know who yeah. You know who the big winner is right now in basketball, speaking of the Jazz, is John Stockton. Can we talk about uh, uh the jazz, the resurgence of the Jazz? Mm-hmm. Gonzaga is like like we didn't talk talk about guys coming back. They yeah. got Tilly and Hachimura coming back. Yep. They're going to be a top 5 team next year. Yes. Uh, every time uh John, John Stockton has figured out a, a way to be at every Gonzaga game and every Utah Jazz game, get shown in the crowd every time things are going well. This is and his son is now on the team Tate. David Stockton is now playing on the team. It, the stars have aligned for John Stockton. It's it's incredible. God bless him. Yeah, he he somehow worked his way into becoming like the greatest '90s basketball player legend. You know, he's sort of just like lingered around, just been not really said anything. Like, when's the last time you saw a John Stockton interview? You know, but people just seem to like well, him. Every time they show him, people are happy. Everyone, you know, kind of validates the moment when he is there. It, it's genius. It's a great job by John. The, every, every time the Jazz—that's what I'm saying. Every time the Jazz or Gonzaga like do something or they have a big winner, like, you just cut to John Stockton <laughs> in the crowd, remind people he's the best to ever do it for the Jazz or the Gonzaga, and then they cut away, and that's all. And you never like I've never seen John Stockton do an interview in the last three or four years, but I've seen his face a thousand times. Yeah. And it's it's genius. Did, did you? It's genius. Did you see the Della Vadova uh, when they when the Bucks won Game Four? Did you see what he did to the Celtics when they they tried to roll the ball uh, in when he stole the inbounds pass? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Morris <laughs> yeah. tried Morris tried to roll it in, and he made the ultimate hustle play of diving, getting the ball, and making the layup, and then the Bucks won by two points. He literally was the difference in the game. That's awesome. And then J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith hit a seventy footer, and the Cavs won by three. And he was literally the difference in the Ooh. game. And those those were my two favorite moments of the playoffs so far. Because just two stupid plays that like that changed the whole game. You're you're being that guy that like remember <laughs> remember this play from I, the first. Quarter. I just think it's hilarious <laughs> that Del Vadova died. Like if I saw anyone do that, I would just be like, man, you're just doing too much. But the fact that it's Delhi, it's exactly what Delhi has to do to matter. And yeah. Andrew Bogut. I, now we're talking about Australians. Andrew Bogut goes back, retires from the NBA, goes to Australian basketball, and then makes the claim that Del Vadova and some of these other Australians will do the same thing, like Joe Ingles. So great for the NBL. I know we have NBL fans that listen to the podcast. Shout out to Australia. That's great news. Um, yeah, we do. We do have Australian fans. Yeah. Uh, uh, these playoffs are awesome. I'm very into this. I'm very into the uh, having no idea what's going to happen. I, I, you know, I, I, I legitimately think the Cavs and the Warriors might not meet each other, and that's exciting as a college basketball fan who was annoyed by. The inevitability can, of Cavs Warriors every year. Can you can you just like give? Can, can you think it really happen? Can you give your Cleveland Cavaliers like what's going on with LeBron? How are you feeling? Can I get a temperature? Like, what do you What do you mean, my Cleveland Cavaliers? <laughs> your Cleveland Cavaliers. You love Ohio. When, when did they become my Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, you love this. I love. Team. Ohio. I'm from Indiana as well. <laughs> you love I'm, this. I'm team. the resident Pacers expert as oh, well. Yeah, that's Why right. Can I not be, uh, that's right. How do you well, How do you feel about the Pacers? Can you write something up about the Pacers? I really just want to know your thoughts as a diehard Pacers because everyone knows that you love the Pacers. Come on, give us your takes. Um. Anything else? I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Can you can, answer your? Can you tell us? Why, can you tell us that you're a rap expert now? Why? What you've been listening to? Oh, I did tell you this on the phone, didn't I? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are you uh, just listening to God's so, plan on repeat? Here's what happened, Tate. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you bring that up. 
I got, I got the, I got the, I use Google Music um, because I've, I've sold my soul to Google. I think you have to give your, you have to make a decision in 2018 who you want to give your life to, yes. which of these tech companies. Um, and I had already committed enough of my life to Google that, like, when it came time to sign up for a music service, I didn't want to go with Spotify because I didn't have, like, the Facebook account. So I just, like, signed up for the Google Music. And I say that to say, I'm not sure how it works with the Spotify, but on Google, if you, like, you tell your Google to play a song, they will then just, like, start, like, a shuffled radio based on that song that you said to play. Mm. So if you're exactly right. I say, play God's plan. As we know, as I famously declared on this podcast, Drake is the greatest rapper who, have, who has ever lived, and I love him just because he gave a bunch of strangers money that... uh you know, they are not going to pay taxes on. He, he basically gave a bunch of strangers a tax burden. Um, but I, I would play the God's plan. Cause that was like the one song that I know that I know. You're, you're like rap. the guy talking uh, about Facebook in 2009. You just called it the God's plan. That's how the you God's know it's plan. good. Yeah. I um, played the God's plan. Yes. By, of course. By the Drake. Uh, <laughs> so then the song would end and I, I, for, I would forget to pick the next song already. So it would just shuffle over to another current rap song. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I say all that to say, let me finish this thought. I'm going to finish my thought before you make fun of me, but I, I know you're going to make fun of me. Uh, I, I, I got, I'm a fan of two guys now. One is Kendrick Lamar, who I, I don't need to go into. Like I've already, I was already kind of exposed to him. I know he's super famous, and I don't need to do that. We don't need to talk about that one. But the other guy who I've, I have, I've discovered that I, I kind of like him. Um, and again, don't laugh. I'm going to finish my point. Uh, I, I was listening to a few songs. I was like. I like this guy, and I said, "Hey, hey Google, who is playing this song?" Riff Raff. And they say Post Malone. They say Post Malone. <laughs> oh. Post, Ma- so Post go, Malone is like the more put together Riff Raff, basically. So, well, that that was the point. It was like I was listening to a few more of his songs, and then I hear one song. He's talking about like Michael Scott and Tony Danza, and I was like, "Wait a second!" It, it, it tipped me off, and I was like, "Something's something's interesting about this guy." So I <laughs> I, I actually Googled what this guy looks like, and holy he's white. shit, he's white. <laughs> Holy shit! Was I not ready for well, the the white? You know, the whiteness wasn't even the shocking part. Though. It was like the, the, just the overall aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's very interesting. But is that a, is that a good pick? Is that is did, no no? Go ahead, roast me. Kyle Tate, roast me. Is is Post Malone? Post is Post Malone is picks. yeah. Those are good picks. I mean, these these are popular. Like these are like pop rap artists. You know, these are mainstream. But then, hold on. So that's but then that's the bad part too. Is like I'm just pick. So am I basically? Am I the guy that's just like yeah? I love basketball. Well, you know, who I really like is the Warriors, and uh, <laughs> I really like the, you know, I'm I'm really into basketball. I like that LeBron James guy. You know, is is that what I'm basically doing right now? No, you're you're by picking Post Malone, you're picking like the Sixers. You know, it's like a little bit off center, but okay. it, but it, but it's also okay. you know like it, it's not bad. I mean, at least it wasn't Drake and Kendrick Lamar. You know, Post Malone is all right. I mean, it's tough that he's white. You know, that was like the one other. You know, but he, he'll be fine. Well, that that that's a tough. That's a that was another <laughs> tough pill to swallow. Is like I am that guy that. that <laughs> I'm the washed-up guy who it's like, hey, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to appeal to these millennial, these uh, I, I keep saying millennials, like they're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna appeal to the teens of Twitter and and get into the rap game, and then I, I inevitably pick the one white rapper. <laughs> it's great. I couldn't be more stereotypical if I tried. Um, but no, the the rap, uh, I'm into the rap now, Tate. The rap music, as they say. I'm yeah. Back into it yeah. So we'll see. We'll I like, keep, we'll keep I you like this hippity hop. Yeah, it's uh, good. Any, anything else we need to talk about before you go? Uh, mm, we're back. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're gonna have more structure moving forward. How 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 many how often are we doing this? We're doing it two a week, still? No, just once a week, right? Yeah, we're doing, we're doing once, once a week. We're doing once a week because because there, there's so much you know stuff going on. We'll we'll be able to settle on what we want to talk about. There's a million other things going on. Uh, 
I, I watched like 49 movies uh, on the way to flying. You know, it was like 12-hour flight to Munich, 12-hour back. Uh, I watched the Borg versus McEnroe movie. That movie's great. Shia LaBeouf playing John McEnroe. We interviewed him on the Bill Simmons podcast. He acts exactly like John McEnroe. So I just want to put that out there. If people haven't seen that movie, go check it out. Borg okay. vs. McEnroe. Uh, okay, also check out... Bjorn Borg won five straight Wimbledon titles. How did I not... Like, how, how are we not talking about this more? You know? Like, I don't understand that. That's amazing. Not that I really because care about tennis. I'll tell you why, Tate. What? I'll tell you why we're not talking about it more. Because it's tennis. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say because we had to talk about Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah. Let's we'll, we'll we'll be back. So we're back every Tuesday. Is this the plan? Tell the people. Yeah. What the what, the, what to look for every Tuesday. We'll be doing this. Um, big meeting tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, the college basketball committee to fix college basketball because it's broken is happening on, like, live stream on Twitter. Do you, do you know about this? Yeah, and did you, the They're best doing, part about like, thing. it, Mark Emmert was like, and I promise, like, we're actually trying to fix this. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. Like, people were, yeah. like, scoffing uh, at the thought of this. Uh, spoiler alert, they're not going to pay the players. <laughs> <laughs> That's the... Turns out... Mark Emmert's going to be like, we're we are willing to do whatever it takes to fix this corruption. And some one reporter's going to raise his hand and be like, what if you uh just paid the players? And be like, no. Next question. Get this and man out of there. Reporters leave, and yeah. then that's that's it. Yeah, that's, that's all they're gonna be. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff. Um, anything else, Tate? Before we go, just that's it. Yeah, just, that's it. Just thanks for listening. We're happy to be back. One shining podcast. I'm glad that you survived your trip across the country. I'm glad I made it back to the states. Let's see if we can keep this thing rolling. We'll have we'll have a little more structure. We're we were in a you know we I'm 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 firmly in the mode of I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. So I'm still like. I'm, I'm testing the podcast in Water State. I'm getting back into the game, um, but, but but we are back. We will have more structure. Let's, we'll talk about the playoffs some more. I want to talk about because these playoffs actually are fascinating, and I know a lot of people they'll listen to us. The I, last thing they want to hear us do is talk about the NBA, but uh, I don't know. I'm already. We'll, we'll find out what happens. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm already prepping to write the last redemption of Rick Pitino. Uh, I'm trying to ghostwrite that, so I'm trying to figure that out at the moment. But we'll see what happens. That's for 2019. In the meantime, I'm going to tease this. Tate and I are making a run at the Chicago State job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I assume by this time next week it'll still be open. So we're we're going to formally p- throw our hat in the ring um, on the next podcast. If they if they have still not hired anybody at Chicago State, we are going to do it next podcast. Um, but I, I I wanted to tease that. If so, if if you're out there listening, just just look into what's going on in Chicago State. It is it is an absolute disaster and. There's only there are only two guys out there that can fix this, and it's the Duffelback boys, and that's what we're gonna do. But uh, I want to give it time first. I want to give it time, Tate. I'm so, ready. We'll we'll see, we'll we'll see that next week. All right, so that's it. We'll be back next week. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna do interviews all all summer. Uh, Tate's gonna come to the Midwest, I think, for a little stint, a little jaunt across the. Uh, I'm gonna take him back home. We're gonna do one of those series, Tate, where like you get the you get the NBA player and he brings the camera crew. And and he just shows you like the the, the court that he you played growing up. And he's like, this is where it all started. I'm gonna do that with you. Can't Except wait. I'm Can't. gonna just I'm I'm gonna take you to like every single gym that I've ever played in. Be like, this is where it all started. <laughs> and it's gonna be like 50 gyms where it started. Mm, mm. Um. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of stuff like that. Hopefully, you guys stick around, join us, have fun with that. Uh. But until then, save the crew. Have we saved them yet? <laughs>
One more time before we go, talk about Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. If you are having trouble finding shirts that fit, just go to propercloth.com. Ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at just $80 and are delivered in just two weeks, Kyle. Kyle, you can buy a shirt and just wear it for the rest of your life. Yeah. This is this, that seems yes. like a that seems like a classic Kyle move, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Tate? To yes, buy forever. one dress shirt and yes. just the It's like a cartoon character. Forever. Yeah. Like Homer Simpson. So you, if you think about it that way, think about it that way, Kyle. Eighty dollars is an investment for the rest of your life. You, you'd have to be a fool to not take advantage of this. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk free for premium quality, perfect fitting shirts. Visit propercloth.com/shining and use gift code shining to get twenty dollars off your first custom shirt today. By my math, that means you might be getting a sixty dollars shirt, Tate. That's how it works. Mm. Propercloth.com/shining. Use promo code SHINING. Get $20 off today.